Welcome to your business education station. This is Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Our mission is to educate women and people of color about the financial and legal aspects of business, personal finance, and changing your money mindset to create financial freedom. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Florence Seiler, CPA, and Attorney Althea DeVar-Johnson. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is another wonderful day at Mind Your Business Radio. I am here with my, one of my favorite people. Okay. <laughs> Attorney Althea DeBar-Johnson, my co-host. that over there, right? Yeah, I said it. I said it. And guess what? Dave is recording it, so it's on record. All right. <laughs> well, happy holidays, everyone, and, and good morning. Well, happy holidays to you, Althea. I am so excited about today's show because you have some phenomenal friends, and one of your friends is here today. Yes. And we are talking about this concept. We we talked about last week about Kwanzaa, and so uh, Attorney Johnson is was very familiar with Kwanzaa because she did some celebrating in her home, and I wasn't raised um, uh, celebrating Kwanzaa, and my mom happened to listen to the show last week, and she said, well, wow, that was interesting. We should have been celebrating Kwanzaa. <laughs> so I told her, I said, it's my intention to uh, learn about Kwanzaa and to celebrate Kwanzaa because I really identify with a lot of the principles of Kwanzaa. And so so today we're talking specifically about the principle of cooperative economics in Ujamaa. And so I want Attorney Johnson to introduce her esteemed friend here. And I'm just going to let him loose because before the show, I was just like intrigued by the things that he was saying. So I would love to just just throw a question, couple questions out there and just let him go. So I think you want to introduce your friend to us. It is my pleasure. This is attorney Harold Alexander of the Alexander Law Firm, PC. He is the founder of this law firm and he specializes in personal injury, wrongful death, commercial litigation, false arrest, wills and trusts, which is dear to my heart, insurance claims and more. Attorney Alexander orchestrates a community collective organization called the Overground Railroad. Mm -hmm. It consists of 106 citywide churches in Atlanta, Georgia, and looking to expand. Mm -hmm. Attorney Alexander believes that the church is the foundation and center of the um, African-American community Mm -hmm. and is resourceful Palais for Cooperative Economics, which is what we talked about last week, which is Ujamaa. Ujamaa. Right, Ujamaa. Okay. So, Attorney Alexander, welcome. welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. So, okay, I just got to know. I went to your website, and I was really intrigued with this over-the-ground <laughs> Overground, overground, overground railroad. Yes, yes. Speak to me, brother. We are the continuation of the Underground Railroad. Okay. We claim the mantle of Frederick Douglass. Okay. The mantle of Harriet Tubman and the many unnamed and unknown people who uh, came up with the plan, Mm -hmm. executed the plan, that delivered hundreds of our people of okay. physical freedom. And okay. so now, by God's grace, with that as being uh, a link in the in the uh, journey 
to our freedom, we find ourselves today needing to pick up the same spirit and the same conviction of the Underground Railroad today. But we don't have to meet by the riverside at the dead of night and, <laughs> yeah. and, okay, okay. and, and sing a hymn that disguises a message. We can come on Piedmont Avenue and get on the radio on uh, Mind Your Business and, <laughs> and say it out loud. Okay, so, all right. So it's overground now. Uh-huh. The uh-huh. railroad, it's the same railroad. And very interesting, uh, a few years ago, we actually had uh, one of the uh, – uh, descendants of Harriet Tubman and it's actually in some of our, uh, in the archives of some of our papers and she personally endorsed the Overground Railroad as in fact uh, what uh, her uh, uh, ancestor Harriet Tubman would uh, greatly uh, support. Okay. So she's saying that basically if Harriet was here she would see the connection and she would see she would see the vision because of course she did not envision us being a slave forever. And so coming out of slavery, there's something else we still have to do. That's what it sounds like you're telling me. Yes, I, I believe that Harriet would help us to see that we actually have just come out of Jim Crow slavery. Uh-huh. See, one of the things that Harriet said uh, that they could, she could have delivered so many more people yes. from slavery in her day had they known they were enslaved. Yes, that's right. Okay, so today, uh, see, I I had to come to realize that I was born in Jim Crow slavery. Okay. Okay. Then I could overstand, and notice I didn't say understand, Uh because uh we need to get the the fullness. We need to dread, Mm -hmm. you know, get down to the last drop of this and and get an overstanding, not just an understanding, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. get to the point where I, I came to realize in my own personal life, in my own personal journey, and I could see how when I was grew up, I knew that black people were inferior to white people. I mm-hmm, mean, mm-hmm. Uh, that was the that was the that was the culture that was in that was ingrained. And that was, in fact, the law. Uh huh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. You grew up. You, know, where, you grew up in the South. Well, yeah. I, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and born in 1955. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so my point is, is I came to to realize, and it was a, it was a process, a long process, a lengthy process, but I came to realize that this what they call Jim Crow. They refer to it as segregation, but it was really another form of slavery. Sure, sure. Okay, and see, once we as a people realize that actually what Martin Luther King Jr. and the others led us out of was not merely a uh, an apartheid of separation, meaning, okay, well, that just means that we can't live where the white people live, mm-hmm. but that literally, if we we were literally owned in a, in a different uh, legal uh, format uh, by the white community, and therefore we we were and enslaved. And I would say we, you know, at the earliest that we can claim that we we're not mm-hmm. uh, actually in slavery is probably the mid seventies. Okay, wow. okay, yeah, yeah. because uh, because if you if you look at what you're saying, if you look at all the laws That's right. that kept us. That's right. <laughs> From yeah. from achieving or, or doing the things that any other American had the right to do. Yeah, and when you look at uh, 
you know, see, we have we, we've got to get to a point where we really know the truth about mm-hmm. about our history, just because so, so much of it has been, you know, a lot of it's just actually false. But just about all of it is slanted such that it, it, it has been changed such that we don't get the potency of what truth would bring us. Take, for instance, Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Most of us would tend to think, we, well, we know about Rosa Parks. She mm-hmm. wouldn't give up her seed and right. all like that. But if you read the book on the dark end of the street, mm. okay. which interestingly a white woman wrote, okay. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, you really find out what what Rosa Parks really was about and how all this led up. What was going on in Montgomery, Alabama was that black women were being raped mm-hmm. with without any consequence. Right. One story is told of a, a, a woman leaving choir practice on Thursday evening, mm-hmm. and she was walking, and the carload of white guys pull up next to her, snatch her, put, put her in the car, mm-hmm. take her to a place, do what they want to do with her, and knowing that it was nothing at all that she or anybody else could do, they actually returned her after they were finished with her. Oh, absolutely. And she went home, and her husband couldn't do a thing about it. Yeah. Now, you tell me if that's not slavery. No, that's slavery because that's the same way that we were treated when yeah. we were owned by the master. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing we could say. Yeah. The laws didn't apply to us. That's right. We were not considered human. And so when you talk about doing that to someone, you would you ever consider doing that to someone that you viewed as human? That's, that's right. And a, a logical person would not. Yes. Right. A logical yeah. person would not do that to another person they viewed as human. And just imagine the emasculation of, of her husband. Oh, absolutely. Who couldn't do when anything When she came and, and 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 okay, now what? Because more than likely, uh, at least one of the guys were, were probably the deputy sheriff or whoever it mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Well, most of the things that were, and if we if we really. One day we'll get into it because most of the things that that were done uh, were done for psychological reasons anyway. And a lot of it was to destroy the, the, the kingship and the headship of the black male. That's right. You sure. know, and we're, of course, we're paying that we're we're, we're paying the piper even now. Yes. Right? Yes. But one of the things that I wanted to, to talk to you about uh, today, attorney, is the fact that. Um, a lot of what I see in the minority community is that um, we we're here now. We have these laws that um, that allow us a, a, a certain amount of freedom. And there might be some listeners who argue with that, especially in light of all the news yes. <laughs> of, of all the things that are happening without any justice. Um, however, we live in a capitalist society. We live here in the United States. It is a capitalist society. But it just seems to me that we as minorities still don't speak the language. Absolutely. absolutely. We don't speak the language. And the language in this country is not English. Okay, the language in this country is capitalism. capitalism. And so we're always behind the eight ball when it comes to uh, wealth in this country, when it comes to, um, you know, having a a piece of even what we uh, help to accomplish sometimes. Well, I was just looking at um, listening to Roland Martin this morning and he did a little excerpt from a lady's book. And I can't remember because it was just a little excerpt. He was reviewing some books that he liked. And of course, 
um, the woman, uh, there was actually a gentleman, uh, a non-black gentleman, uh, he was a foreigner who had written a book about the whole uh, economics of the United States and what's, what part slavery played, of course, and, and the whole cotton industry and so forth and so on. And the fact that that is the reason why a lot of the banks today and a lot of the uh, multi-billion uh, dollar insurance companies uh, became wealthy during, you know, that period of time where the, you know, the, the, the economy in this country was made off of the backs of, of slaves. And so we look at all those things and we look at the fact that, that, that this is a capitalist society. Um, we came over here. We didn't start the way everyone else started with, you know, um, being able to, to, to work and do all these things. We had some psychological things that are still affecting us now. But how do we now participate? How do we now participate in this society, in this capitalist society? How do we get our education? How do we now catch up? You know, because to your point, we are no longer in slavery. And if anybody doesn't realize that, we're telling you you're no longer in slavery. And so now when you are no longer a slave, here comes a responsibility. Here comes a responsibility to get a certain education in the country in which you are, you know, which you live, which you, you are here. Now, how do I get a piece? How do I land? So, so what do you, what do you guys talk about there? And then we'll, we'll kind of introduce this whole over, ground. over ground. Overground railroad. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, the, uh, the way that we, uh, uh, we have to first of all get very personal. See, for me. Yes. You know, the Overground Railroad, and, you know, I know you say we'll, we'll get into it, but, you know, it came about from a personal realization. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then as I had a personal realization, I also realized that I'd become a lawyer and a CPA. Oh, that's why I say and I love you. You got a little bit of both of us in uh, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and I... uh I came from a place and a time where for me to become a lawyer and a CPA was, would have been unheard of. Right. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I, it just welled up in me more and more as I reflected how I am a a part of a people. Mm -hmm. And, and there were people who determined that things were going to be different. Mm-hmm. Okay. They did not know my name. Uh-huh. I was, you know, my, I loved my parents, but they were not renowned people. They mm-hmm. had no social status. They just struggled to, tr- you know, try to cut, cut, turn the electricity back on when it got cut off and right. turn the water back on when mm-hmm. the water got turned off. Yeah. But by God's grace, we were part of a people. Yes. And when they, and they made out a plan and they, they scooped, when they scooped those black children up, I was in that scooping. Yes. Sure. Yes. And, and they molded me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they, they made me the realization of really beyond what they could even dream. Right. And so mm-hmm. once I came to realize that, I then realized that now here I am. It's my turn now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have an obligation to my people. Right. 
and uh, mm-hmm. and it we and uh, by God's grace we you know we're connected with like-minded people and and the Overground Railroad was the the result of that. Wow, that's an awesome story. Let me tell you though, a lot of us have, I guess, a similar story except for the fact that we don't all give back. You know, a lot of people that a lot I think you can say I know a lot of my colleagues. Some of the first black CPAs were still alive. That's how, right? That's, That's how right. conservative the profession is. And with working with the National Association of Black Accountants, I realized that the organization was started to give back. But it was a struggle sometimes even getting black CPAs to participate in an organization that is built on that premise, you know, trying to give back. So I kind of want to explore a little bit because you kind of just blew over this like, oh, well, it's just my realization. I need to give back. Everybody doesn't think like that, Attorney Alexander. <laughs> Everybody doesn't think like that. So I need you to expound a little bit because my co-host is always telling us, well, how, how do we do that? She always she always does the call to action. So what is it? What is it? What? What was that moment? What what was it that made you say, I have to do this? I have to give back? Well, I mean, for me, it, it was a personal conviction. I mean, my uh, story is, uh, is, is really strange even when I reflect on it. Actually, I was an Oreo. Okay. <laughs> by whose standards? <laughs> by... by by Clarence Thomas Stanley. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, w- I okay. would have. I was truly Saul, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was determined because I knew how the system worked. Yes. There were only going to be some tokens. Uh huh. Right. Okay. And I was determined to be a. You were determined be to be that I, person. I, I understood how how the system yes, worked. Yes, that's okay. right. Okay. Right. I remember. I would distance myself from having lunch with black folks ah. and other things. And that still goes on today. And yes. okay. so uh, mm-hmm. when, but, and, and it's, it's strange and I, I can only explain it that uh, God, you know, through the Holy spirit uh, literally uh, convicted me. I was given, I was given a book, you know, a book, you know, of, you know, it was uh, eyes on the prize. Mm-hmm. And I, my office used to be in the hurt building. I was only black alone, you know, who actually was a tenant that didn't have at least a white partner. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so what happened was uh, I was just reading and I was reading about Little Rock Nine. Mm-hmm. And then it came to the point where it said that uh, that the crowd that the crowd was breaking in mm-hmm. and and uh, that they gathered the nine students. Now, bear in mind, these are teenagers. These are 13-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds. And they took them into the principal's office, and they were all huddled down. And one person said, well, maybe we should give them one so that we can save the rest. And mm. the sheriff, bless his soul, white guy, he says, well, how we how are we going to determine which one we're going give, to give them? And so... He, you know, he didn't have any intent to do that. He had already had a plan. He had a, a, a car down in the basement that he put, took him down in the basement 
and he told the driver, do not stop. And they came, they came out of the bowels of central, uh, of, uh, central high. Uh huh. And did not stop until they were at, I believe it's Daisy, what, uh, mm-hmm. house and, and let the children. My point is, it was reading that. Wow. And putting myself in the position of those children. And there I was in the hurt building, a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And it was because of those children right. as a mate, as a, a factor that yeah. I was there. So that was your Damascus Road. Yes. Well, we'll be right back. Uh, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back. We got to talk some more with Attorney Alexander. This is fantastic. You listen to Mind Your Business Radio. Busyfolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. Busyfolk.com saves you tons of time. They can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? They also offer wash and fold laundry service and work hard to make sure that their customers know that their satisfaction is their main priority. Plus, business owners love them because they offer pickup and delivery uniform cleaning. They also handle bulk cleaning of tablecloths, napkins, and any other business dry cleaning needs. Busyfolk.com is only a click away. Find them by typing busyfolk.com into your computer or smartphone. They currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit busyfolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's busyfolk.com. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click myowntaxreturn.com. But if filing your own taxes is not for you, they've got you covered. Just click myowntaxreturn.com to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on myowntaxreturn.com. That's myowntaxreturn.com. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. We're back and we're talking to uh, Attorney Harold Alexander, and he has shared his story as to why it is that he started this overground railroad. So, Attorney Alexander, there was something else that you wanted to share with us today. Well, actually, I, I brought a guest along with us. Okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, if, you know, he can, he can be a little shy. <laughs> from time to time mm-hmm. and uh and hopefully he'll uh speak to us just a minute okay. uh I found that really we 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 have really just failed to follow what we've been told to do, and this there is what we've been told. Great Britain, West Germany, France, 
Listeners was um, Martin Luther King, King Jr. Jr. Yeah. Dr. King Jr. And, yeah, in April, in April uh, 3rd, 1968. Actually, this was his last message to us. Okay. April 3rd, 1968, just hours mm. before his life was going to be over. Okay. We think of that speech as, oh, I've been to a to to the mountaintop. Yes, yes. Well, well, he was closing out, okay. Yeah, right. And he was a good Baptist preacher, right? And he right. go take you out on a on a high, okay. Right, right, right. But 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 that was not the substance of his message. Sure. Was that black people had to stop start building our own institutions? That's we right. have to support each other. That's April third, nineteen sixty eight. And had we done what he had told us to do 40 years ago, uh, we would be in a whole different space today. In fact, according to Neeson, statistics have shown that African Americans are the number one consumers in the United States, spending more than one trillion, not billion, but one trillion dollars a year on goods and services. And only a small amount of those funds are used to support black-owned businesses. In 2014 State of American, Black American Report, and that article was Facts versus Fiction, Buying Black as an Economic Strategy. The black dollar, according to this book, only lasts six hours in our community (laughs) before going out into the world. That's right. In other communities, Asian, white, Hispanics, the dollar lasts in their community seven to twenty-eight days before it goes out into the world, and that's a problem. That that is exactly the problem. Well, well, Attorney Alexander, why don't you go ahead and you had in your paper the conductor. This is the official newspaper of the Overground Railroad, and so in his paper, the third quarter, two thousand fifteen. This is volume ten, number three. And we're going to tell you how to get in touch with um, Attorney Alexander and how to go to his website and get his paper and everything and get on the railroad with us. Um, but why don't you tell us what this is about? You have an article in here about community income spending and the comparison. And so what did you guys find here? Yes. What we found is that blacks spend approximately 15 percent of their money with black owned businesses. Mm-hmm. Hispanics. 36%, Asians, 99%, or in essence, 100%, okay? Mm-hmm. And whites, 263%, and the way that they do that is that they spend basically their own money with them, and they get just about, you know, some some money from everybody else, and that's what 400 years of enslaving people will do for you. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, as I told you, it, you know, it's a matter of personal conviction, and then as I... Uh, uh, found myself meeting other people who had like convictions. We got together and, and we just logically asked, okay, what's the problem? And, and it is just, we, you know, we we're talking about that 
the, one of the basic problems that we don't support our own our own businesses. Right. Okay. Right. And so then comes the question: Well, how can we change that? Right. Okay. Right. So uh, by God's grace, we were led to just analyze it from a very logical perspective. Okay. Uh, we found, and what we found is that black uh, black do not support black-owned businesses primarily for two reasons. Okay. Number one, of lack of awareness that they exist. Okay. Okay. If you had to get, you know, your roofing repair right right now, how are you going to find them? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to call? Sure. Okay. And at this at that water is leaking. And if and if you are bad and you bear it, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is not going to let that. That, that roof leak log, okay? So you yeah. can't be out here trying, going here that did to try to find some, some black, uh, roofer that you're gonna have confidence in, okay? Mm-hmm. So number one, lack of awareness that they exist. Number two, the perception that the products and or services are inferior. Right. So we found that all the problems that black businesses have fall really in those, one of those two categories. Is it a problem or is it a perception? Because, mm-hmm. Dr. Alexander, I've been in practice for over or close to 20 years, and I try to prov- provide exceptional service to right. my clients. Right. And hopefully that word has gotten around. So is that a problem necessarily, or is it a perception within our community that we cannot provide the same services, goods, products, or have the same level of businesses as other folks. Yeah, well, it's a perception, and that doesn't mean that the perception is not at times correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but the reality is that there, you know, there are actual problems when non-blacks provide services absolutely. from time to, oh, absolutely. to time. Also, but we are. We have been trained, and and see, like I t- I told you, I've already made my confession. I was an Oreo, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So my point is, is that uh, I can say personally that my brain had been programmed that if a black person make a mistake, that's I mean, see, that just goes to show. Well, that that's just that's that mistake just trickles through the whole through the whole race. So that means that that's everybody's right. like that. That that, 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 be, that, be, that be, I'm not gonna have a black. If if that black painter didn't paint it right, I'm not gonna have a black lawyer. I'm not gonna have a black dentist. I'm not gonna have a a, a, a black doctor. Right. And so so what happens? We have to realize that we are brainwashed. Okay. Right. Sure. And. We have to be able to take it personally. I mean, when, you know, you know, we've got to have the girl with the straight hair and the long hair and she's light skinned. I had to come to, to the realization that, yeah, Harold, you know, that girl is pretty, but she's, she's, she's a dark skinned woman. And, and I remember I was at Georgia State and this girl had a afro that was no bigger than that. And she was the cutest thing. And I came to realize that was the first time I was ever attracted to. A dark-skinned woman. Wow! And what happens? We yes. have to realize that yes. that is not unco- that is not uncommon. No, it's not. It's not uncommon. Yeah. And so then, once we realize that these are the two pro- 
two, the two problems that black businesses have. Number one, lack of awareness that they exist. Number two, the perception that the products and our services are inferior. Then we came to ask the question, well, how do we solve this problem? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we weren't interested in starting another organization. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted to just maybe just support an existing organization. Lord knows one of the problems we have as black people is that, Lack you know, of support. You, yeah, and then you've got <laughs> you got 15 organizations yes. trying to do the same thing, same thing. Right. and none of them are having a serious impact. Right. Okay. And they can't join together yeah. because they can't agree on who's going to lead it. Yeah, and so... Right. So, uh, <laughs> they fight about who's going to lead it. You know, Aaron Turpo uh, was, you know, is you know one of the co-founders of the Overground Railroad, and we... And he was very attuned to all of the different organizations. And after re- really looking at it, if, if we just came to, to realize that none of those organizations were uh, fulfilling the mission that we saw mm-hmm. had to uh, be pursued in order to seriously mm-hmm. address those two problems. Mm-hmm. And in fact, by God's grace, we can say that really uh, the Overground Railroad uh, has now grown to have 106 churches, uh, 160 businesses, approximately 40 community organizations. And so practically every well-known uh, community organization in the black community is part of the Overground Railroad. My point is saying that is that we we are providing a missing link. Yes. That, you know, that many of those organizations uh, you know, just did not have. And so to address the problem of a lack of awareness, we then just, and like I say, we, we just followed a logical step mm-hmm. and, and we were serious about mm-hmm. it. So if you say, okay, well, what's the, uh, you know, uh, well, how do we deal with lack of awareness? Well, that means that logically you got to have a, a business directory. Right. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. There must be a central business directory of right. the black community that is widely recognized and widely supported. Well, I know in Florida we had the black pages. I don't know if they had that here in the Atlanta area, but they had the black pages, which was really good, except for uh, it was just really still hard to get in touch with a lot of the black businesses because if they weren't established, they couldn't afford to be in the black pages because the black pages acted just like the yellow pages in which you had to buy an ad or, you know, do whatever. And so a lot of times, a lot of the smaller black businesses that you want to patronize, you couldn't really get find them because they weren't in there. Right. So, yeah. yeah, and like I say, we we never wanted, you know, Aaron, he's a well-known businessman in the uh, Atlanta community, and I'm obviously very busy. Uh-huh. So we weren't looking to try to find some, some some More God, stuff to some, do. Yeah, especially <laughs> something that wasn't going to be paying us. Right. Okay. And so, uh, but but what we we came to realize, like with the black pages, yes, they they were in Atlanta. Okay. But they were only published once every two years. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what happened is that when it would come out, you you know it would be distributed through the churches, and you'd be uh, all excited about it. But after two to three months, nobody. Nobody used their black. I mean, maybe one That's faithful true. person That's by that, but but so we realize that you have to have a directory that is constantly promoted. Yeah, right. That's right. And That's then, right. And That's then right. also you have to uh, have a directory 
where the data is updated on a, on a regular, regular basis. basis. So that uh, when we had the black pages, by God's grace, we appreciate what they've done. Uh, they Had they not done what they did, I don't know that we could do what we, we're, right. we're doing. Right. Uh, and what, what, what we realize is that it's got to be, uh, it's got to be updated regularly and then it's got to be circulated through the community continuously. Continuously. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what better? And I, I mean, the Lord is just so good. It just, it just seems to make so, you know, so much sense now. But just bear in mind, this did not exist before the Overground Railroad came about. That the uh, we said, well, the people are in the churches. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the cons- and we don't think about them as consumers because we think about them as parishioners. Sure. They they are worshiping. But the truth of the matter is, mm-hmm. this com- I mean, the church. Churches are the most organized component in the black community. Sure. So, therefore, what better place to uh, to cir- circulate the directory right. than through the church? And then, now, why would why would a church do do this? Okay. See, and bear in mind, I'm not smart enough to have come <laughs> up with this. Neither as smart as Aaron is, he's not smart enough. We're convinced that God uh, yes. called us for this, and that we were led and he he gave us the plan and the vision and so what we did we realized that most churches have the mission of economically empowering their members and the community sure. so mm-hmm. then what happened is that we simply joined in with each of the churches as a means to fulfill their own own mission sure and so we've become part of the church like with Cascade United Methodist Church, we are uh, uh, we are part of their business auxiliary. Okay, right. and right. so uh, when they put out their director, we helped. We matter of fact, we spent three thousand dollars for the middle page. Sure. Okay. Okay. Now, now that director, you you won't find it around that much anymore because it had to say probably that the, the black page. Yeah. But the long and short of it is that Cascade, along with hundred and the other five different churches uh, realized that the Overground Railroad's mission was uh, fit right in with them. And so okay. we literally uh, have become part of their church. And, yeah. Well, this, this directory, I see that it's, it's in, on one of the pages. I just have a quick question about right. the directory, and then we'll take a break. Can we also get in touch with these black businesses online at all? Yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay, so if we go to your website. Yes, and that's, the, that's my okay. point is that, uh, it's overgroundrr.com. Now, uh, if you click on to the di- on, to the conductor link, and you'll you'll be able to see the directory there. But uh, that our website has been hacked, and customarily you would be able to go each each uh, business member, church member, community organization had their own pages. Mm-hmm. So by God's grace, in the next couple of weeks that. That'll be uh, restored. Okay, so that's overgroundrr.com? That's correct. Okay, good. So I just want to make sure we know where we can find this because, you know, a lot of our listeners don't even read the paper anymore. You know, a lot of the information is getting over the Internet. All right, so it's time to take a short break, but stay tuned. We'll be right back with Attorney Alexander.
BusyFolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. BusyFolk.com saves you tons of time. They can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? They also offer wash and fold laundry service and work hard to make sure that their customers know that their satisfaction is their main priority. Plus, business owners love them because they offer pickup and delivery uniform cleaning. They also handle bulk cleaning of tablecloths, napkins, and any other business dry cleaning needs. BusyFolk.com is only a click away. Find them by typing BusyFolk.com into your computer or smartphone. They currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit BusyFolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's BusyFolk.com. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com. But if filing your own taxes is not for you, they've got you covered. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. And now back to Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson for more of Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone. Well, we are back. Uh, uh, I was just talking to Attorney Alexander because one of the things that I think is missing uh, in the statistics that Leah put together for us, you know, and what Attorney Alexander and Attorney Johnson were talking about, they were saying that many um, people that patronize black businesses feel that they are not getting proper customer service, right? And so a lot of times um, that seems to be a problem. I was telling them that I started a blog post. Um, It's the cream review. It's cream like coffee cream review, and it's on WordPress.com. And cream starts for customer reviews, experiences, and more. And I... What I just started doing, ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you guys to do this too. This is by no means something that I'm that I'm, I'm trying to corner the market on. But every time that I go to a black business, a lot of times since I got my cell phone, I take a picture of the business, the business sign. I write on my blog about my experience at that business. And so I'm allowing people to see that there are black businesses out there that are doing well and then there's some that aren't necessarily meeting the mark, but my hope is that not that we don't patronize them, but that we give them that feedback That's right. That's so right. that they can get better. One of the things I always talk to my students about is I say, well, you say that you had a bad experience, but here's the thing. I remember I asked, I said, how many of y'all eat Chinese food? Everybody raised their hand. So anybody ever had any bad Chinese food? Because I have. I've had some, sure. right, where I'm thinking, <laughs> what am I eating, right? Yeah. Well, I've had yeah. some bad experiences. But I have never, right? But I have never stopped eating Chinese food. Guess what I do? I go to another Chinese food restaurant. So why is it that when it comes to patronizing a black business, we don't have the same attitude? We have, we should develop the mindset of, I'm going to do my best to search out intentionally a black business, support that black business. If that black business is not providing the service or the pricing or whatever I need, Number one, I'm going to communicate to that black business owner 
my feelings about it, and I had to do this a couple times. I got some work being done on my house, and I ran into a couple of characters uh, who were not doing what they said they were going to do, and I wasn't afraid to confront them. I told them, here's here's what my expectation was for this price, and here's what you did. But then there's some good guys out there. There was a couple of good guys, the young black guys that worked on my house that were exceptional and continue to call me and say, how are things going? And that was like, that blew me away. So those, those, when we have those experiences, we should first communicate that to the business owner and then, of course, not lose heart and just look for someone else or, or ask around and find somebody who actually lives up to our expectations. But not only communicate, you should share that, that experience with other people, just like you Absolutely, say in your yes. blog. You should let other folks know. These guys did an excellent job for me. Mm-hmm. I'm recommending them. I right. think that's what we need to do. Yes, and, and Overground Railroad, uh, we're uh, we're building on exactly what you're saying, and what we're looking, what we've, do, what we're doing by God's grace is we're building the economic infrastructure. Mm-hmm. See, the black community in in a, the United States is the only community that lacks an economic infrastructure. What what do I mean by economic infrastructure? I mean the natural means by which to find the the resources within your own community for the products and services that you need. Okay. Now the Jewish community, they, you know, you know, they go find, they can find a a Jewish dentist, such and such and such. You can't, you cannot put gasoline in your vehicle without, Put, give, putting money in the Indian com- that's right. community. These things are not happening by happenstance. Okay. Right, that's right. All right. So, and that goes back to Jim Crow slavery. Mm-hmm. So when, when, uh, by God's grace, our people were able to free us from Jim Crow slavery, what the white community did, and they know what they're doing because they, they studied the, they studied the, uh, the, uh, effect of, of, of the fart of a frog. Okay. Mm. They study everything. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. All right. So what they did, they came and let Harold Alexander come from Douglas High, become a lawyer, a CPA. But I wasn't taught to spend go spend my money in my community. That's right. That's what right. I did, I became, I, I wanted to get a big house. Nice wife, nice car. You, you, you were taught that you didn't make it unless you got out of the ab- community. Ab- you, weren't, ab- you weren't really a success unless you left the community. That, that's right. That's <laughs> right. And so what happened is, you know, whereas, you know, you see the Hispanic guy working in, in you know, around here, got all the way from Central America to be in your yard. That's not that's not a happenstance. That's an economic infrastructure. OK. Mm-hmm. And so and then he said to his buddy. Back, back to okay uh-huh. so so what what so what the overground railroad realized that remember we have to have a central business directory and the overground railroad business directory has is becoming in Atlanta the place to find black businesses it's being supported by through uh, by the churches etc cetera, etc cetera. then what what uh so i would suggest that when you ha- find First of all, we need to practice what's called kitchen table affirmative action. That's that's a <laughs> phrase that we've we've coined. Okay, okay. We, we we want IBM and GM and all all the M's to practice affirm, affirmative action. But what? But because the reason why we're only spending fifteen percent with our 
our communities because we don't practice kitchen table affirmative action. Right. Harold Alexander wasn't taught to go and try to find the uh, the black seamstress or the black this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my money, so I was making more money than my mother and father collectively. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Right. I mean, the first year that I was making the money, uh, it didn't go back to, to the community. Right. So when you see what I encourage you to do is to send the names of black-owned businesses to info, I-N-F-O, at overgroundrr.com. If these are black businesses that you use, introduce them to the Overground Railroad. You yeah. send them to, to us, we'll, we'll introduce them to the Overground Railroad. The, the, uh, the Overground Railroad is, is built to literally multiply the process because what's happened is that we don't have the instruments. You have a lot of people who are are willing, but it's, but our lives are full. Right. Sure. Right. I have to, if I, I need you to do something, I need to be able to get something, get, have it set up so that you don't have to leave your life and your mission in order to do this. Well, to your point, attorney, um, the Maggie Maggie Anderson, who we were talking about before, who actually spent a whole year doing nothing but buying black, she actually had to purposely and go out of her way. That's right. And what you're saying is that the rest of us are not trying to be Maggie Anderson necessarily. We don't we haven't gotten this as our one true mission because you know everybody has different visions. So what you're saying is to just let's just put make this part of our DNA. Let's just make this a daily habit. And so if we have the information in front of us, if we have it in front of our consciousness, maybe we'll be more conscious to do it because it's very difficult. She said she had a difficult time, even in, even though she was purposefully doing this project, she had a very difficult time trying to always manage to say, okay, well, I have to find someone black and how am I going to do it and so forth and so on. And you're saying we don't, sometimes we lack the resources to do yeah. that all the time. Yeah, yeah, we don't have the, the, the instruments, okay? Yes. And so the, so what the Overground Railroad has uh, sought to do is to create the instruments. Okay. We have the directory now. Okay. Okay. Uh, the second thing, uh, the perception about products and services, members of the Overground Railroad, business members, uh, can be disbarred. Oh, good. Suspended and, so you got and an Angie's disbarred. list. Okay. So you, so the- <laughs> Yeah. So you're the black Angie's list, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the, bo- <laughs> the bottom line is that we want people right. to use the directory with confidence. That doesn't mean that we, we can't guarantee that every sure. experience you're going to have is going to be great. Right. But what happens that when the business member joins, they sign a, a legally enforceable agreement for arbitration in the event that there's a dispute. Mm-hmm. And if there's a dispute, the consumer, all they got to do is let the Overground Railroad know that, look here, you've got a member. We tried to get the matter resolved. It won't, we can't resolve. And the Overground Railroad will arrange for an independent arbitration. It's oh, not arbitrated uh, by us or internally. And it's de- determined on the merits. And if it, and it could be that the, the consumer is wrong. Right. And that was, that's one of the points I wanted to kind of bring out is that sometimes it's not necessarily the black businesses mm-hmm. not providing the services, the goods, the product, mm-hmm. what is needed. But sometimes 
we do have black consumers or clients who come in and they want much more than what they're willing to really pay, pay for. for. Yes, sure. Or they expect much more. Mm-hmm. Than they, they would expect, expect from your counterpart. From, from the counterpart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of Absolutely. understand mm-hmm. it's a give and take situation. Mm-hmm. You can't come. Kind of <laughs> That's right. I need to hook up when it comes to turning on these licenses. <laughs> right, right. And, right. and paying this mortgage here. Right. So I, I can't can't provide everybody with a so-called hookup or the, the good boy, you know, the... The, mm, the, the family the, discount. The, the yeah. family discount. Right. Um, because I do provide family discount for the family. That's yes, right. yes, yes. So I think that's part of our education. Uh, expect good services, get right. products, and, and, and from our, our businesses... But clients, you have to come in with an attitude is that I'm coming here to to buy a product, to obtain a service, and I'm going to pay what needs to be paid. And respect the fact that we're in business. Respect, like you said, you said you have to hook up the lights. Respect the fact that this is my income. This is what feeds my family. And so if I and Althea and I talk all the time, all we're selling is time and talent. That's right. You know, we we can't repossess anything. So once we do it for you. Right, it's done. We can't go back and repossess it because you didn't pay us. So all we're selling is time and talent. If we give that away free, we have nothing left. And then I wouldn't have a staff, and That's I still right. have to pay my staff. And I, you know, they I pay taxes. I do the whole nine yards. That's right. And it's costly. Well, one study by Kellogg School of Management, and that's at Northwestern University, found that between half to one million to half a million to one million jobs could be created if higher income black households spent only one of every $10 at a black owned store. Isn't that something? That's something. We shouldn't have the same type of unemployment rate right. here in the United States Absolutely. if we do this. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's, so the bottom line is, we have to determine, uh, do we want to be free? <laughs> Going back to mm-hmm. the Overground Railroad. That, mm-hmm. well, we, we have to bring the pieces together. Basically, I have a means of finding the black businesses and then have those businesses, sub, you know, to be accountable. And then spread that throughout the community. Can you imagine right now, what if we thought, about who's our plumber, who's our electrician, who's our dentist. And if you were to email that to info, info at overgroundrr.com, and then uh, with your information, we would then on your behalf uh, share with them uh, this movement. Mm-hmm. Right. And, oh, absolutely. And, uh, and like I say, you know, we can go to the restroom and, and flush the toilet because someone built the infrastructure for mm-hmm. it. Otherwise, you have to go and dig dig a hole <laughs> <laughs> every time you. That's right. Every time you had a That's need right. to. Uh, that's right. You know. That's right. All right. That's right. That's so, right. That's so, right. and that's what black pe- people basically do because we don't have the infrastructure. Okay, so we're always reinventing the wheel. Yes, over and over again. Over and over again. So so there's some important takeaways, and, and Althea, come on in and join me here because Althea is my call to action. <laughs> my call to action, you know, buddy. I always tell yeah. people that, you know, we need to support each other. This is part of what we're trying to do this month is to encourage our community to support one another because basically by supporting one another, 
we support our own income, household mm-hmm. incomes, because we have uh, businesses or jobs. Mm-hmm. We have uh, internships, which you know I do on a consistent right. basis. That's right. To bring back, I didn't have a mentor mm-hmm. when I was coming out, or when I came out of law school, mm-hmm. but I tried to provide some form of experience for those individuals who want to to know what it is to like, or what's it like to be a lawyer. That's right. And 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 and. And she, when you're, when you're mentoring someone, that's another way of giving back. So, so here, here's what we're taking away. Um, NYB listeners, um, you're going to email a black business, whether it's your black business or whether someone you want to recommend to info at overgroundrr.com. You can also contact us at our website, www.mindyourbizradio.com. Or you can also email us now that our email is working at talkback, <laughs> talkback at, uh, talkback at mindyourbusiness, mindyourbizradio.com because we want to hear from you. Next week, hopefully, we'll allow you time to call in and promote your business and so that everyone can know that you're out here. Dr. So, do you have a telephone number on this thing? Yes, 404-346-0808. And I do want to say we are only in Metro Atlanta right now. So these are businesses that are in uh, Metro Atlanta. Yeah, businesses that, we will that are in Metro Atlanta, but that we ain't in Metro Atlanta for long because we're about yeah. to we about to go further. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening to your business education station, your business, your family, your, your life. life. See you next week, Tuesday. <laughs>